0: You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Tuesday, everyone, and uh, glad you could join me today. Yesterday, we began exploring an interesting concept introduced by Bruce Wilkinson called the three chairs, and it just helps us kind of identify where we're at spiritually. Uh, Chair number one, people are marked by commitment. Chair number two, uh, compromise. Chair number three people are marked by complacency. In Joshua 24, Joshua calls his family to be chair one people and people of commitment. And he says to everyone else, you can choose for yourselves this day who you're going to serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's just chair number one commitment right there. But then some time passes. And if you turn over about four pages to the right in your Old Testament, the Judges chapter two, you see how the commitment in the people begins to crumble. Their faithfulness begins to fade. They begin to drift toward chair number two of complacency. It, it says in Judges 2, the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Now, I, I know that doesn't sound bad, does it? But but their commitment was becoming a thing of the past. It wasn't something they were experiencing right then. It was something they had seen. They were coasting on stuff the Lord had done. I mean, you might not even notice it, but that's how it always happens in our lives. When commitment crumbles, it's subtle. Our greatest days of faith are behind us instead of ahead of us. And then the Israelites quickly slide from chair number two of complacency to chair number three, the chair of compromise. Joshua dies, that whole generation dies, and then Judges chapter two says another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what the what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshiped various gods of the peoples around them. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but in the course of just one generation, they've gone from Joshua saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, to a generation who, quote, neither knew the Lord or what he had done for Israel. Think about that. In one generation, the spiritual erosion has gone all the way from chair number one of commitment to chair number three of compromise. And can I just be candid with you? I have a concern that some of you who were once chair one people of commitment may have slipped to chair number two of compromise. And that, uh, that's a dangerous place to be. Chair number two is a place of spiritual lukewarmness. In his book, Crazy Love, author Francis Chan says that lukewarm people gauge their morality or goodness by comparing themselves to the secular world, and they feel satisfied that while they aren't as hardcore for Jesus as so-and-so, they're nowhere as horrible as the guy down the street. I mean, it's like the Pharisee who stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. And Chan wrote, Jesus didn't say that if you wanted to follow him, you could do it in a lukewarm manner. Jesus asked for everything. But we try to give him less. Jesus said salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Jesus isn't making a cute little analogy here. He's addressing those who aren't willing to give everything, who who won't follow him all the way. And he's saying that lukewarm, half-hearted following is useless. It it sickens our souls. He's saying that's the kind, kind of salt that's not even fit for the manure pile. Wow, how would you like to hear the Son of God say, you would ruin manure? You see, chair number two, people, need to understand that the purpose of following Jesus is not to live such a mediocre life that you just barely escape the flames of hell and somehow slide into heaven one day. My passion as a pastor is for all of you to be chair one followers of Jesus. Honestly, God would rather have you sit in chair three than chair two, where at least you aren't being a hypocrite. For So, so those of you who find yourself In chair number two today, I want to challenge you to repent, which just simply means turn back to God and recalibrate, head back to chair one of commitment. The biggest spiritual breakthrough of your life, if you're in chair number two, involves making a change in your life and moving into a chair one relationship with God. God, I know it happens so subtly, so easy over time in our lives that our commitment begins to wane, crumble, and we find ourselves not in the chair that we want to be in spiritually. And I thank you that we can always turn, we can always repent, and your arms are always ready to welcome us. Father, I I pray that we'll all look inwardly this week, and uh, that this will be a year that we decide unequivocally to be fully devoted chair one followers of Jesus, and I ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Hey, just a reminder, uh, this weekend is our at the movie series kickoff at Eastside. And, uh, it's a great opportunity to introduce someone to this church that made has made such a difference in your life. I I hope you'll do it. See you tomorrow.